0: Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. Hello. You know, I'm going to close that there because it is hot i have toddlers so those blinds don't survive (laughs) all the time so hello 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 another fine installment of is that window too bright i'll reposition once i get some stuff figured out with the house but right now i'm trying to Let's see if we can get, we'll get that shot in a little bit tighter. Oh, here we go. I'll try to. You get so much range here. Um, good morning or afternoon or evening wherever you may be, and welcome back to another exciting episode. <laughs> Thank you Charles. I appreciate that of revolution gathering I don't know. Diet Coke hope everybody had a great week. Um, it's always a good time to realize your glasses are filthy when when you start the tape. Well, welcome everyone once again. I hope you all had a great week. Um, I can't believe we're at the end of April and that rent's due tomorrow. Well, actually, kind of probably today, but it's Sunday, so and I know that you folks in the UK have a holiday tomorrow. So, it must be nice. <laughs> So, um, today, I think, well, you know, I usually I try to give everybody a few minutes to run late because I'm like the world's latest runner often, but uh let's see how we're doing here now we're let's get started. What do you say? Let' just jump right into this thing um so I was uh, this week listening uh, to a podcast called Why Theory. Um, you can listen to it, you know, pretty much wherever you listen to podcasts. And one of the hosts' name uh, is Todd McGowan, and he is a theologian. I'm theologian. He's not a theologian. He's a philosopher, um, and he's written some really uh, great books. And I really like his work. And so, anyway, I was listening to their latest podcast um, on their show, Why Theory. And hopefully Todd McGowan, speaking of Todd McGowan, he wrote a great book on Hegel. And I am working on right now trying to book him uh, to do an interview with me uh, for this, for Revolution, for our gathering, so we can um, talk to him about Hegel and Hegel's... Understanding of Religion and Christianity and the Contradiction, which are a few little things we'll cover today, but um, Todd is, is, is just really, you know, tops when it comes to understanding Hegel, and it would be great to have him here. Um, so we're actually working on a couple guests right now. I think we have one set up for July that's going to be really good, um, very excited about. So I was listening to the podcast with Todd... <laughs> They were talking, he, he wrote a book um, called uh, Enjoyment on the Left and Right, and where he kind of talks about like where these different political systems kind of get enjoyment out of. Now, um, I'm not gonna do great at summing it up because it's you know a philosophy book and it's a philosophy, but this is why I was listening to the, the podcast because I wanted to hear a little bit more about the book. Um, and he was talking about what different systems, different, like what the difference of the, the right and the left, what where their enjoyment kind of comes from and, and what their goals are. And how the enjoyment is almost outside of the political system, but it's also these needs to like really what the contradict the what you know the what versus the other. Okay. Um, the opposites so of what they're arguing about. And he's they were talking about how. The idea was that the right um, get get kind of their satisfaction, their enjoyment from, and you even have to go like with philosophy. You have to look at every word. So, like the word enjoyment doesn't mean like you know everything. It, it's really very very particular. So I'm probably not doing it justice, and um, and 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 not to see this as a slam, just to kind of see this as how the system is is set up, but. The idea is that some of the enjoyment, even if it's unconscious, you know, things that we don't recognize, um, the right, the idea was that the right, this uh, uh, thing is that, that believe that, that the right believe that only some belong, you know? Like, only these people belong and these people don't belong. and These people are a threat and these people aren't and we've gotta, you know, get rid of the threat. And the left uh, believe, or used to at least, that everyone belongs. Like it's universal belonging, you know? No one's a threat. Kumbaya, you know, everybody's, oh, I'm gonna hold hands and sing Hands Across America. We're gonna sing, you know, we are the world as Hands Across America happens. I think that's changing a little bit because I think a lot of times now that the, I find that the left feels that the right <laughs> don't belong. I think both are getting joy out of only who belongs and who doesn't belong. And, and this kind of goes in with a little bit of what we were talking about last week of that concept in the church that we often see of who belongs and who doesn't belong. It also connects with the concepts uh, that we were talking about with Tillich's uh, You Are Accepted, talking about grace and how sin is separation and grace is reunion. So we're going to cover a little bit about that today as well. Um, so here you have this idea now at the end they were talking about these concepts of belonging and who belongs and who doesn't belong and what I thought was interesting and I see this a lot with Peter Rollins work with the um, with the pyro theology is it kind of switches things around it kind of puts things on its head it takes a wider range it goes how does it how have this how could this work and they kind of went there at the end, and I don't know if I mean they were kind of joking and kind of serious, but it was the idea that they stated, <laughs> started to play with this idea is that maybe no one belongs, and maybe that's the secret. The secret is nobody belongs, and I like that. I like that a lot. I like that idea, and. Um, you say, well, Jay, I felt like I haven't belonged before and I want to belong and I don't like that idea. And, and I, I get it, but I've also felt like I haven't belonged myself. Um, but why do I like this concept of not belonging? Well, I felt like we could kind of mess with it a little bit and look, and you're going to probably think the only book of the Bible I know is Romans or Corinthians or Galatians, and maybe it is, who knows. Um, I'm sure some of you have heard me read from the Gospels. Um, but the idea of, in Romans... I don't even know why I'm looking it up, but I just want to have it word for word rather than Romans 3. Acts, Romans. There you are. Okay, Romans 3, 3. No, it's not 3, 3. Um, Romans 3:23, where it says, "Since all have sinned and all fall short of the glory of God, they are now justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is Christ Jesus." Now I want to kind of look at this in a way of like not belonging and taking it kind of in the, um, it, it, cause it reminded me of that. Like we're all sinners, you know, and, and, and there's a lot of people who are like, I don't like the idea that we're all born in sin and we're all born sinners. And, you know, I'll sometimes see people like, especially like ex-Christians or, or like I grew up evangelical, They're like we're not all born in sin, you know, we're not all bad. And then you like turn on the news, or you go on social media, and you go, "Really?" <laughs> and when I mean sin, I mean, as in the Tillichian idea of sin, of the idea of separation that we talked about earlier this year, of sin as separation, not just separation from God, but separation from our understanding of that, the separation from others, and separation from ourselves as well, and even separation from. Uh, living the lives that we're called to live and being who we are. So this kind of separation. Um, So it reminded me of that. And I was thinking about this idea of also the idea of of where um, when, when Matthew, when Jesus is at Matthew's house and the Pharisees show up and go, you know, why is Jesus eating with these type of people? And uh, I always have the, I have the New Living translation memorized in my head, because that's when I read when I was younger. Um, but you know, he would say, like, I've come to call sinners, not those who think they're good enough. And um, I liked that, the idea of those who think they're good enough. You know what I mean? I've come to call, I've come to call those who are separate. I call them to call those who feel separated from life. I feel call them to call those who feel separated from themselves and separated, not those who think they're not. Basically, the idea of all of sin, too, is like we're all in this kind of separation and working in the midst of this separation. You know what I mean? So Jesus is kind of bringing this reality here. And then... When you look at this, and it says, "Well, since all have sinned, all fall short of God's standard." Like you know, earlier we in, in this, and I know I read this last week or the week before. You know, the idea that no one is good, no one is righteous. Where um, Paul is, is is quoting the Psalms. Um, no one has ever done anything right. All have turned astray. You know, but here Paul says, "Since all have sinned and all fall short of God's glory, there are now justified by His grace and through redemption as Christ Jesus." So we've got this idea of we don't belong to sin anymore because of Christ Jesus, but at the same time, we don't really belong to grace either because we all sin and we all fall short. And so you've got this, this contradiction, if you will, of being in the, the process of reunion and separation. Now, this idea of contradiction is kind of a Hegelian uh Hegel really grasped onto this. But what we do is we learn to, there's a contradiction here, is that we're in the midst of reunion and separation at the same time. Now, I am going somewhere with us, so please hold on. Uh, buckle up your seatbelts. It's gonna be a wild ride. Um, so we don't belong to sin, and at the same time, we have grace. So what's what, what, all sin... The contradiction allows us to be in grace and to grow. The, the contradiction, is this, this contradiction allows us to grow on our own. So this contradiction of sin, of separation, and reunion coming together and being like this allows us to kind of grow on our own. The contradiction and the idea of that, or this idea that nobody belongs, allows us, one, to grow on our own, but also allows others to be who they are and allows them to be into their moment of acceptance and reunion. And I almost want to say that I think this concept of no one belongs in a way gives us a common ground to not only respect the other, but to love the other And at the same time, realizing like being tolerant is part of being in a community of the other. Um, You know, and I don't mean like this passive aggressive tolerance of who put up with their their grossness, their bullshit. Oh, I put up with all that, all that crazy. But that way go, like people are different. People are struggling through different things. They have different life stories. They're on different journeys. They come from different places. And they're experiencing some of these things differently. Um, Their unconscious is doing different things. And we're all trying to work this out together. And so, this contradiction of realizing that we are yet separate and reun- and reunited at the same time kind of puts us in this area where we have to live to another level of truth, another idea, a philosophical idea of, of something beyond truth, something greater than that. And you oh, may be like, that's too, too philosophical for me. I- I get it, I understand, I struggle with it and I wrestle with it just like I do with these theology. Um, So only knowing or willing to be honest about our our contradictions, are we able to, you know, only us, only us know what our our contradictions are and are we willing to be open about those contradictions? But here's the problem with some contradictions, is some contradictions in our lives are in our unconscious, you know, that we'll never be able to, t- to solve, we'll never be able to deal. It's just something that we have to live with and and, and be in and live within that moment. So, um, so here it is. What, by allowing others to live in their own contradiction and helping them to be honest with their own contradictions, in, in a way... Um, we're allowing a community to happen in a way that hasn't happened before. Um, When we go, nobody belongs, then we stop fighting for, you know, us to be the only ones that belong. Um, You know, it's like, you know, it's like, if you're trying to, Let's. If you you are accepted by that greater than yourself, right? We talked about that in with Tillich's talk. You are accepted. You're accepted by that greater than yourself. Something you may understand, something you may not understand, but you're accepted by that which is greater than yourself. But you are also rejected and separated by others. You know, you are also, you know, you are also rejected and separated by those like you. So you're accepted by something greater than yourself, but you're also not accepted by certain humans, certain other people, certain politicians, certain politics, certain ideas, certain religions, certain concepts. If you go to another country and see how they do things, they do things differently than us. And then they look at us and think, well, we're so prideful because we think everybody else should live like us, you know, so you have that idea. So what you have to do is realize that you have your own acceptance, but by realizing that hopefully you get the understanding of realizing that others are accepted as they are, that they are also on a journey. And you say, well, Jay, we're supposed to say people to repent. But the problem is, is we've, we've taken this idea of being so obviously like, you have to repent. You have to change. You have to be just like me. You have to turn around and, and, and follow my way. Um, which I think a lot of us uh, who, who attend Revolution <laughs> and, and are here <laughs> would say, that's not worked for us. Matter of fact, that's chased us away. We, 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 we've been chased away by that kind of, you've got to do this. So instead, what we can do is we can live as examples and we can love as examples and we can try to set examples of, of one, who we want to be. And who, and who we would like to see others be. that we, we can learn to have hard, tough conversations and not always demand our own way. And I promise you, in some ways when you do that, when you show a lot of grace to people, you'll be amazed that sometimes that grace does get returned. Not always, because I have a lot of people who don't show me that grace, but usually knowing people in, in the human sense of the way, like in real life, in person, working with other people, you know, I have learned like, oh, that guy really is forgiving. You know, that guy's loving. You know, that guy doesn't get along. Like I worked with a, a pastor friend of mine and we did revolution together in Atlanta during the end of my time there. And we disagreed on a lot of stuff, but we could argue well. We could disagree well. But the one thing we both knew is that I think we both knew we both fell short, basically, of a lot of things, not just God's standards, but a lot of things. In life. Um, but we also knew that we loved each other, that we really cared about each other. His name was Stu. And, I, and if you saw the documentary, you probably saw Stu in there. We, we knew we knew we loved each other. And um, the good thing about me is Stu is this type A personality. And I learned that this type A personality can be really harsh and, and, and really in your face, but also like once you deal with this situation, you've dealt with the situation. Me, I'm... I don't type B, I don't know. <laughs> you know I'm introvert, I'm quiet, I have an argument with you. I'll probably be thinking about that argument six years later, one night in bed. Um, but when you learn these different things about people and how they work, something new opens up and you grow. It, it's the idea of, of saying, you know, all things are, uh, when all things are, um, all things are acceptable, but not all things are beneficial, you know? It's the idea of this grace concept of you're given grace well, then what do you do? You go, I'm gonna go out and drink, party. You know, it's like for me, when I, when I realized God loved me no matter what and I could drink all I wanted, I kept drinking it for a little while and then I realized that the drinking was making me miserable. It wasn't God being mad at me because God wasn't mad at me anymore. You know, we're going, Jesus crying or Jesus holding me as I have the, 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 the nail and the thing in my hand, like that old painting in the Christian bookstore. No, 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 it wasn't that. It was the idea that I knew I was free And I wanted to live a life that I could enjoy. I wanted to live a life with some peace in it. Um, I realized there needed to be a change, and it wasn't based on, my big dad in the sky is mad at me. You know, it wasn't that. It was that there was something that needed to be fixed. And I was able to do that when I had that freedom. And that's what grace offers is freedom. Um, freedom Freedom to do your thing or not do your thing. Um... So what I'm trying to say is when these contradictions come together, when no one fits in, when we're all outcasts, we allow, we have a little bit more of an allowance here to change. And we're all more willing to change because we're all not sitting there going, you need to be like me. Or I, you know, or oh, God, I need to be more like them. I mean, how many times have I I've been around other Christians in my early years of, of doing this work and been like, I just don't add up. Or like, I could tell they didn't think I added up. Even though I disagreed with the theology completely, I still felt like this big. I know I'm right, but I still would like to make them happy. You know, (laughs) Um, and who knows? You know what the contradiction in those people's lives were. So remember, I said that you are accepted, but that is greater than you. But you are also rejected and separated by that, like you, not you, but like you. Um. The Great Contradiction. So Hegel said that this is the pain, that, that contradiction is the pain of living. I'm, I'm really giving you a, a short little, this isn't a quote or anything, I'm just giving you a short little bit of understanding. It's much deeper than this. If you've read Hegel, it's almost impenetrable. But this is the concept, and that this is the, the pain of living, even an actual, it's almost the concrete existence Of life is this contradiction it's it's to feel is to live you know for us to feel so often we hate our pain and we want our joy and we don't want to feel all these things and that would be great but we wouldn't understand peace and joy if we didn't feel these other things Um, for example why do we live like we live and, and try to live like we live and try to not let life get mundane and, and when you hear people in their later years say, like, "Well, I wish I would have been braver," or "I wish I would have done more," or "I wish I would have taken more chances," um, you know, because they realize that life is ending. And, and so, when we're able, I have "life ends." Life ends on my my, my top of my fingers here. Life ends um, because it, it's the concept is when we realize that this is when we truly start to live. When we realize we're not going to live forever, like when you're a teenager. Oh my God, I just, I thought I was going to live forever. And now it's like, this thing's still happening. Um, But Hegel would say that this pain, uh, this contradiction, which even could be unconscious, but still cause pain, is living. You know, it it could even be seen as the concrete existence of life. Oh yeah, congratulations. Uh, We have a year sober in in the house. Or maybe longer? I'm sorry, I just saw the current Um, So, as I said before, you know, the, the idea of uh, we have this great contradiction and this is how we live with this contradiction. So if you really think about it, I think you can understand that no one really belongs. You know, you're always going to feel left out from something and the idea is is how do we all just get to this realization that we none of us belong you know as otherwise if we try to belong um you know when we, we try to belong or try to make us the right our way the right way which christians are notorious for doing um only tr- tr- tyrants try to do that you know only tyrant you know it's like You know, Hitler. Oh, we got the Jewish folks. They're the problem. Get rid of them. Everything will be great. You know, these are what tyrants do. You know, and 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 it's strange that we don't see this a lot of times within the Christian faith. Of like, uh, especially in more conservative Christian ideas. Of like, well, if we just get rid of, like, if we just make our conviction a law, then we'll no longer be under threat. And you know, maybe these people will go away. (laughs) You know and then we just make everything we want legal and that's being a tyrant that's not being that's not drawing people to Jesus through the love of Christ <laughs> that is forcing your will on others that is forcing your convictions and your religion on others now if another religion comes in and tries to do that you know we go oh it's it's barbarian they're barbarians you know oh my gosh look at them holy war you know and and we we do it all the time and we don't realize we're pointing and we've got all these like these three fingers and thumbs pointing back at us, going like, eh, you're doing it too. <laughs> Matter of fact, you're doing it right now when you're pointing your fingers. You're saying they don't belong because you belong. But the fact is, none of us belong. If we learn to think of it in a more literal sense, in this country, in this ground <laughs> in the United States, you know, we don't belong. We're not natives. We showed up and we took it over and said, oh, now, you, now we'll give you a little piece of land and you can belong on that. Do you understand what I'm saying? Um, and so there's a case of some people who do belong and that's just going like, hmm. And we've got to learn from that type of cruelty, that type of harassment, that type of thing. It's like, this isn't the way to go. The way to go is to realize that none of us belong. Now, in this way, we may also be able to see that we can learn, to, we've either got to learn to, 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 to live together in some sort of peace or die together as fools. And I think at this point, and no one's going to wake up tomorrow and get rid of one of the political parties. I don't even see a whole lot of difference between the political parties. I, I see some good things that the left does, and that's why I've been Democrat most of my life, all my life. Um, but over a, you know, I see a lot of still money controls the system. And I think that's an issue. And I wish we had more parties and more groups and it wasn't just this binary way of this party or that party good and evil when i'm going like both these nobody sees to be doing anything i mean the same issues i was fighting for as as a a youth are the same issues people are still fighting for now um and and dealing with and not a lot has changed um so i don't know if the answer really lies with the people who are causing us to be separate because i feel like the leaders are, are really just separating us through a few issues. We'll have these issues and we'll have these issues and these issues will break you guys apart while we really undermine the whole system Um, is how I feel. And so that might sound a little radical, but that's just 47 years of living and reading and studying and thinking and watching and paying attention for me. Um, So only tyrants come in and say, my way or the highway. You've got to think like me. You've got to be like me. You've got to do like me. Um... And so I was thinking about this, of, of organizations I've been kicked out of. <laughs> I have never been kicked out of a, out of a public school. Um, but Christian schools, I have been kicked out of. Christian churches, I have been asked to leave. Um, and, and it's not just because those are the only areas I hung out. I've hung out in lots of secular clubs and done things like that. And I've never been really carried out by bouncers or anything. But I've been carried out of a lot of Christian events and different things and warned at Christian events. And, oh, no, you're not acting like one of us, you know. You're not doing the right thing. You're not saying the right thing. Um, I've been banned from Christian events. And it's the idea of it's all about it that he doesn't agree with us, so we must separate ourselves. And all of a sudden it goes like, well, then now the conversation's over. So now I'll just go and be radicalized and do a podcast, uh, a video pod, you know, video and podcasting every week, and, and I'll do that because we've been separate, so we're not talking anymore. The conversation's over because you don't want to talk to me anymore about my belief system, and the only, reason you, only way you want to talk to me about this, and I hear this because this is coming from this side, it's going, and the only way you want to talk to me is if I change, and that's not really conversation, that, that's not we're probably where the conversation's going to go. And so we have to think about this as we live in a world that's so divided that we may have to live in a world that's divided where people have ethical thoughts and things against us and don't don't care about what we want. But by separating ourselves from them and ignoring this this other contradiction that comes in here with these other two forces that is something I think is more fixable than the contradictions I've been talking about of us being separated in grace at the same time, I think that's always going to live with us, is that now we're not talking, so now nothing's changing. And I think politicians like that. I think social media likes that. I think people like that because I think people make a lot of money off of that. People get a lot of votes off of that. Um, help us, you know, because I would, I would argue with one of the things that they were saying is like, well, you know, the conservatives like to get rid of this group. But I think... <laughs> the liberals use the fear-mongering just as much as saying like, oh, these conservatives are going to get in here and they're going to take away everything, you know. And you're like, oh, well, I saw the guy in Florida, the freaking governor in Florida. That guy freaks me out, you know. So you think, oh, yeah, you know. And we get these extreme ideas and go, oh, yeah, of course this could happen. Or we think about Trump, blah, blah, and, you know. And we have this one-sided way of, of, of judging. Um, so, so we separate. So we get so busy biting and devouring one another that we're consumed by each other. And that's how we die and leave that to our children and our children's children until they probably figure out something better, a better idea. Or we can learn to have tough conversations, much like the philosophers do and people in... in, uh, thinkers and, and psychiatrists, and they go there and they debate about these ideas and things like there's something to that. There's something to debate. There's something to admitting that we have different ideas and different opinions of things, but, you know, when we're not arguing those ideas, we're able to be human to one another, maybe in fact even have a good time with each other and talk to each other. Um, there's more of, we have more of an ability to see people transformed through relationships and through personal relationships, then uh, I think we do through just throwing out ideas and then turning the TV off, you know? Or just saying, my way or the highway, you know? And uh, you're just a hateful bastard, you know? And not really, it's like, maybe they're not. Maybe they were hurt by someone and that's why they're doing this. Or maybe they've been taught their whole life that this is what God thinks, and in their mind, I don't like it. You ever hear people sometimes like, well, it's not me, it's God. You know, well, they've been taught to believe that way about God. And they're even at that point admitting, it's not me. I would like it differently, but that's God's rule. Like to them, they're even admitting, like, I think God's kind of a jerk, but I have to follow God. So people like us can sit down, like maybe God's not such a jerk. You know, maybe this isn't the way to go. You know, we can have those conversations. And we don't have to allow that. There's a contradiction we can look at and maybe change. All right, I'll stop beating the, the dead horse there. So we don't belong in order for others not to belong. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> we don't belong for others not to belong. I think if Jesus was setting an example of anything, he was saying he that he had no reputation and that he did not belong. But at the same time, he was going, the way this thing is going is not, it's not we're all in this together. We're all, there's mistakes being made. When we don't belong, we stop trying to make others belong. You see, when we go, well, maybe if we all don't, I'm going to stop trying to make others belong and, and you know, apply to my newsletter <laughs> um, and try out my way of life. Um, I know this seems like contradicting to what a lot of us were taught growing up in the church, but this, the concept isn't that. The concept literally is how do we be, become a better community by not belonging rather than a community of having in and out in groups and out groups and levels of, you know, I mean, this is why Paul was saying there's neither Jew nor Gentile, male nor free. You know, this was radical stuff being said. Um, and at least this is what I'm drawing out of the text, okay? I, I'm willing to say that maybe I'm getting the text wrong, but this is what I'm drawing out of the text with my own life experience, my own study, my own thoughts of what philosophy says and theology says. So if we stop trying to make others belong, we're trying, we can't, you know, when we stop trying to make other, ugh, sorry, I'm reading my notes. When we don't belong, we stop trying to make others belong. Trying to convict them to act like us. You're like, oh, do you hear that stereo small voice telling you not to be more like me? <laughs> Yeah, it's easy to say the still small voice when you like bring you go to a church of like a thousand people and they're like, do you hear that still small voice? Well, I hear a thousand people who think the same way and I think differently and then I probably need to get in line. Is that the still small voice you're talking about? The fact that people are making me feel like I'm kind of an outsider and could be welcomed into the group if I just changed or if I just said this prayer or if I just agreed to this? Um, I had somebody send me a a message late recently telling me, like, they saw that I was being deceived by philosophy and by the philosophy of men. And they were, and then they used a second Timothy scripture and then they didn't realize, like, I don't believe that First Timothy, Second Timothy, or Titus should be in the Bible. And I don't give them any authority whatsoever. Um, <laughs> but that probably makes me more of a heretic. See, the philosophy got to J. It's not the philosophy. It's the scholarship. The scholar, the biblical scholarship turned J wrong. Um, and in some ways, you know, growing up, it's so funny, in some places, in some churches, I would go, you've got to have a personal relationship with Jesus, you know. And then you go to the more liberal churches, and they'd be like, no, it's not a personal relationship with Jesus, it's a communal relationship. Um, so I'm going to go with more of the evangelical thing that I heard is that maybe we need more of a personal relationship with Jesus. Maybe Depeche Mode got it right. Um... We need the grace to live in the contradiction. We need to learn how to have our convictions and at the same time, not even respect others' convictions because you're not going to respect something that you, you don't agree with necessarily, but to at least say, I, I'm going to try to tolerate this conviction because it, it's very different than mine. Um, I don't understand it. And my first thing is to belittle it. Um, but... Out of respect of you as a fellow human being, and the fact that none of us really belong, I'm going to try to sit down and understand, understand at least where you're coming from, or maybe you can ask the person. I know, um, I know Peter Rollins did this with a lot of people, and his uh, he does these like small communities for short times, and he did this thing where it was like asking like people from other faiths and and, and other ID other belief systems, like what do you what do you think when you see me? What do you think when you hear me talk? You know. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's just sitting down going like, what do I look like through your eyes? Because that might expose a lot, not only to them, but also to us. You know, I remember one time I was out, I was still living in, I believe, New York. And I came out to Washington for a wedding. And this guy came up to me and goes, yeah, I used to believe what you believe, and now I don't, and I feel better than ever, and I'm freer than I've ever, freed. you know, I feel great. I'm happier than I've ever been. You know, I can't subscribe to that bullshit. I was like, well, how are you? <laughs> nice wedding. Um, and I said, what do I believe? And he goes, well, you know, I went to this church here. And I'm like, oh, what church was it? Um, a church called Mars Hill. Oh, was Mark Driscoll's church. Yeah. Well, I well, I don't subscribe to anything. That, not a whole lot of me and Mark don't have a lot of common ground and we have very different theologies, different ideas, uh, come from completely different backgrounds in, in the church, and I disagree with a lot of what his work is. And I said, so what you don't believe is not what I, you, know, not, you haven't given up what I believe because you don't know what I believe. And I've given up what you believe, and I feel happier, but I still believe. I still have this system in my life of Christianity and things like that. And so we were able to kind of have this conversation of like, oh, oh, okay. Like there's not just one flavor, you know, there's not just one type, um, which can be confusing at times. But that idea of you guys are all shit, he realized was wrong. I realized, you know, where he was coming from wasn't directed at me. It was directed at other hurt and other pain from somewhere else. And once again, we learn from that. We learn that people have hurt and have pain and are willing to go up to somebody who they think, well, that person has a MAGA hat on, so I'm going to let them have it because they must believe that or that person. Like, I know people who voted for Trump the first time, didn't vote for Trump the second time because they just couldn't get themselves to do it, but were still Republicans and still this and still lovely people and still friends of mine and still in deep relationship with me, you know, so... You know, but they're not the they're not the scary guys that you see on um, you know what's the comedy channel the you know the news show that they show interviewing where the people are like they're making fun of them. You know, they find those people because they're a comedy show because they make money making people laugh. So they find the people with the loudest contradictions, and probably not always the smartest people, and usually they're well intended, but they don't know what they're talking about. And those are the people they find to make fun of. They don't find the you know the well bleeding heart conservatives out there who are you know, salt of the earth type people. They don't do that. And so we get these extremes. The idea of the personal faith, the personal religion, the personal Jesus is just this idea that allows us to know where we stand, where we are accepted, and where we're at. And it also allows us to learn and change. I will tell you, Dan McLaren, the scholar, biblical scholar, I've learned a lot from this guy. And there's stuff that I don't like green with that sometimes he gets right. Like, I go, oh, and I look at, and I look into it and I go, oh, you got that right. And I, that's not what I wanted. But that's the reality. And then I have to negotiate that. Do I take it as something that's important or do I go, oh, no, this was something of, of, of antiquity. This is something that was a more of a Middle Eastern tradition or this was Paul's idea of sexuality is way outdated. You know, and do I just go, okay, we've grown from that. We've bound. We talked about that. Remember last week uh, or the week before? Bounding and loosing. We loosed that, or we, you know, we let that go. We realize that that's not that's something that's hurting other people at this point in in life, in this point of of of, of existing, you know. So we've loosened that. We've got oh, this isn't this doesn't work anymore, you know. I mean, you know, even radical even conservative evangelicals would reject some of Paul's sexuality ideas of like, well, sex isn't for fun; it's just to get that out there, and then. Tame it down, and really, the only reason you should be married is because, you know, if you can't control it, and then when you do, do it, do it respectful of God. You know what I mean? Like, there's just no, they're like, have a good time. You know, it wasn't like, hey, we're having this six-week six week sex challenge, you know. Paul would have been like, what? Why would you do that? It's a waste of time because Paul thought Jesus was, like, coming down, coming back quicker than, than Jesus did. Sorry, that was me listening for Jesus coming back. Um, so, here's the concept. I think you've heard the concept. But I am simultaneously separated and united, I am accepted by that greater than me, but I am also separated by that like me. And I want to live in that. And of course, the idea of revolution, my concept of life and living and, and, and following this religion is grace, 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 which is reunion, reunion, reunion. Reunion with myself, reunion with others, reunion with God as I understand God. Um, so here we are, se- simultaneously separated and united, sinner and saint, Truth and fiction. That's what um, Chris Christopherson said about Johnny Cash. It's partly truth, partly fiction. <laughs> um, so I think it takes that concept of we're all sin, all fall short. And then that concept of maybe it's, you know, that Todd McGowan was playing with me. Well, maybe it's we just all didn't belong. Maybe that's the idea is that we all don't belong. And that gives you a lot more of a grace attitude of not belonging or this idea like, we turn sin into like, eh, sin, it's bad and you're evil and you're horrible, you know, and like, oh, you're going to grow horns and a tail and, you know, start killing babies. Like, we've really, like, turned it into, like, this weird thing. Like, God pukes in his mouth, you know, pukes all over us when we sin. Like, we've really turned it into, thing. rather than seeing it as separation and seeing it as something that we can kind of work with and fix, we've kind of given it this great power. We love to do that. And also scares people and they have to say a prayer and then join our communities. Um, And grace is reunion. So just by the idea of saying, I'm going to live in a life where people are naturally separated. We're all separated. And I'm going to live a life where I realize that's part of it and that we're all kind of outcasts. Even the politicians, because I look at politicians, they might not be outcasts in their world, but in my world, they're kind of outcasts. You know, like they're like out of touch, you know. Um, And so in my world, I'm going to go, maybe I can talk to them. Maybe I can do things to change that. Maybe I can organize groups and help people think differently. Maybe I can write books. Maybe I can speak every week. Maybe I can speak in other places. You know, maybe I can do my due diligence to help other people. Maybe I can train other people who are gonna do and take this place, take these ideas to other people even better than me, which I think I do, and you have. And I can think of people in my mind who are examples of that. Um, that's the cool thing about kind of being called to teach is that you were able to see people do really great stuff that you're going like, oh, it worked. <laughs> um, so that's today's talk. Um, let's live in the, the the imperfection and the contradiction of it all and, um, and realize that that's the meat of living, that we, we, uh, maybe we need to jump into that, into the real existence of existing. And... Uh, see where we're able to maybe make a difference in that so that that was that's just an idea that's been in my head rolling all around taking down notes so um i hope that's we find that helpful and um we can continue to talk about this more in the future as well as i'm able to reflect on it deeper and we're going to have we're going to asking someone like todd to come in and talk about this and i'll bring up this talk and i'll bring up his words of course and we'll talk about that as well and um, I'm hoping we're going to have Dan uh, in, 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 in like you know five or six months also come in and talk to our community. So we're, we're working on making all that kind of stuff happen. Um, so thanks, everybody. Listen, if you like what we're doing, you like what I'm doing, you like hearing this, you like meeting together, and you definitely if you'd like to see more, um, you can go to revolutionchurch.com, top of the button, make a donation. Next week, this is why I'm announcing this, next week we will step into the year 2000, (laughs) and we'll have Venmo. We figured out how to do it. It took forever, but our financial person who does all our finances in New York found out how to get us on Venmo, and we will be on Venmo next week. So I will put that out all over social media and let you guys know as it goes through. I know some of you said, look, I do Venmo. I don't like PayPal. I'm not comfortable with it, and we've been doing PayPal since the beginning. Well, not the beginning, but for like 20 years. Um, So we're going to do Venmo. So we'll have that up next week as well if you want to support us that way. And as always, like I know money's tight. My money's very tight. It's a tough life. You can also help literally by retweeting these talks, sharing this stuff with other people, sharing even books that we've talked about here, things we've talked about, but sharing these on like your Instagram stories, letting people know what we're doing, or you're just in your Instagram alone on your Twitter, on your Facebook. Some of you have been doing that more lately and I'm really grateful. It really helps and people really kind of get connected to us. So we're gonna be doing some cool things in the future. We're moving forward um, uh, slowly at times, but um, you know, it was a, last year was a rough year for us. We lost a couple good people and went through a lot. I weren't sure where we were going to stand and if we were going to do it, and now we're doing it. So let's just continue to do that, but we can only do it with your help and your support. That's just where this, this thing is at. Um, and I'm doing it, and I'm doing it for you. So if you like what you're doing, please help, and uh, we'll continue to do this and, and try to do better as much as we can and try to do more. So thanks so much, everybody. Have a great week, and I will see you next week. Happy Sunday, and um, I'll see you in May. <laughs> Bye. for listening. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com slash donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website.